Maybe. Yes, sir! Welcome, everyone, to the You're Still Out Golf Podcast, part of the Sports Pros Network, where we're always talking sports, so let's start the conversation. I'm your host, Keith Needham, and I'm coming at you here from the studio. We, this is a pre-recorded interview that we have with a very special guest that I think you're going to like, right? So I think listeners of the podcast will know that Jay Till and I are currently somewhere in southwest Oregon, lost in and around Bandon Dunes. I'm sure we're probably hacking it out of the gunch and or a bunker. If not, uh, maybe kissing a ball goodbye over the coastline there. I guess you don't really go search for those ones that go over the edge there. But uh, we're out in Bandon Dunes this week. We'll be coming back to you on Monday, August 23rd. Once we get back from Bandon, we'll have a full recap with our cohorts out there, Team C-Suite, Tim Failer, and John Mark Beaver, once we get back into OKC. But in the meantime, we really hope you enjoy this very special interview with a big-time guest that we were able to get on earlier in the week. But before we get to the guest, as always, we have to show some love to our primary sponsor. And, of course, that is your favorite sports bar, my favorite sports bar, Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. So everybody knows about Chalk, right? It's located there at 1324 West Memorial Road in Chisholm Creek Plaza. You can follow Ben, Chad, and the entire Chalk team on the web at chalkokc.com or follow them on Twitter and Instagram at Chalk OKC, the best damn sports bar you're going to find, ladies and gentlemen. And we're right around the corner from football season, right? Preseason's in full swing. College football, uh, tantalizingly close, right? So just a mere two weeks, two and a half weeks away from college football as well. So that place will be packed out and bumping. Your favorite place to go to watch your favorite team on the hundreds of television screens that they have there. Always the favorite. That is Chalk Luxury Sports Bar. Okay, well... Without further ado, let's get to this big-time interview from a big-time guest. We really hope you enjoy it. Here is former Sooner women's golfer and current LPGA and Symmetra Tour player, Kendall Dye. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are joined by yet another very special guest here on the YSO podcast. We have former ladies Sooner golfer and current LPGA and Symmetra Tour golfer, Kendall Dye, joining us here on the podcast. Kendall, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely, Kendall. We're excited to have you on here. And, and so, obviously, we want to talk about some Sooner Golf and your time there, kind of what you're doing currently as well. But as always, before we get into it, kind of the first question that we always like to ask our guest is, you know, tell us about kind of where you grew up, how you got into golf, and kind of your early days as a young golfer growing up. Yeah, I was born in Memphis, Tennessee. My dad was transferred when I was three years old. So, 1990, we moved to Oklahoma City, and uh, thankfully, we chose the right school. My dad's business partner was uh, an OU alum and donor, so I grew up a Sooner, uh, was raised in Edmond, Oklahoma, was a member of the Greens Country Club from 1995 through, I mean, they still let me come out, so uh, (laughs) that was home. Um, Went to Edmond Santa Fe High School, class of 05, and then went on to my dream school of the University of Oklahoma from 05 to 09. And uh, I have an older brother, Adam, who's two and a half years older than me. So whatever he did, I wanted to do and do it better. I grew up playing, you know, basketball and softball and tennis, but 
Um, we both naturally were gifted in golf and, um, I'm only five, four, a little too slow and don't jump so high. So yeah, the so. WNBA was out then the basketball professional yeah, basketball career was over I mean, early, right? <laughs> I mean, I still have hopes that they'll draft me one day, but Some great hops though. Um, great hops, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, in my head, I still have it, but, um, the body doesn't catch up with the mind anymore. So yeah, in high school, I just solely, uh, focused on golf and, in some ways I have regrets, you know, the shoulda, coulda, woulda, well, but also, you know, I, I missed out on high school basketball, but also would I have received a scholarship to OU? Probably not. So no regrets there. Um, it's kind of fun now that I have some nieces and nephew getting into the sports. Now I can kind of live through them of, you know, okay, KK is going to just shove them over on the, <laughs> on the, in the driveway and teach them how to play. But so, yeah, um, uh, then turned pro in 09 after finishing my quick four years at OU. And I've basically been on the road um, since 2010 was my first year um, on the Symmetra Tour, which is, used to be called the Futures Tour. You know, those many tours change names over time. Right. Um, so then after two years, I was already kind of over the small town America. So I went over to Spain trying to get my uh, European tour card and accidentally got my full card. So I was... 25 traveling the world, which was a blast. Nice. And um, yeah, I thought it would only take me three years to get my LPGA card, but it actually took me five. I just felt like I was getting better and better and didn't want to put it up. And so got my LPGA tour card by finishing in the top 10 on the Symmetra tour in 14. So 15 was my rookie year and I've kind of bounced back and forth over the years. Um, and honestly, my best year was 2020 during COVID. So um, yeah, I've been, been basically, I mean, even through OU, I mean, we, we lived on the road for four years there. So I've been kind of a journey woman all over the world and, you know, just trying to chase a white golf ball and try to get in the hole as quick as possible. That's awesome. In terms of a kind of full on recap for our listeners to kind of understand you know, how you grew up doing it and where you are now. I know Keith and I are big, uh, Sooner alumnus fans, uh, we definitely want to talk about your time at OU, but I'm, I, I'm always curious what, um, with professional golfers, when was kind of the time frame when you um, kind of realized, hey, this is actually something special. I have kind of a special talent here uh, that ultimately you were going to decide to pursue playing professionally. What was that at some point very early on? Was it not until you got to college that you kind of realized, hey, I, I have what it takes uh, if I stay at it? Uh, always curious about that question. Yeah, Kendall, uh, Till always asked that question as well because he's hoping that that moment hasn't passed him by. <laughs> he's a late bloomer, late bloomer. All you have to do is check the box. You're pro. I mean, that's all you have to do. There's no uh, – anybody can be a pro. Um, you know, I think I just kept it internal all throughout college. I think growing up, I knew that whatever I did, I wanted to be able to wear – Nikes and a ball cap every day of my life. And even, you know, the next stage of life, I still don't, I can't even imagine sitting indoors and having to dress up and wear heels. That's just probably not going to be me. Um, so I think it was just, you know, throughout OU of getting better each and every year. And, but I never was outspoken about it. And, um, and even until my senior year, I mean, it was, I was very quiet about it, even though internally I knew that that's, that was going to be the plan and turn pro. And I, I never took a penny from my parents. I wanted my dad to be my dad, not my boss and not have to report back to why'd you double this? I mean, my dad's totally not that way anyways, but um, so was fortunate to have networked 
well and, and also was raised, you know, in Oklahoma city. So I had some really nice, um, generous OU folk, um, help sponsor me right out of, right out of college. So, you know, um, financially didn't have to worry too much for Q school and all that. And, um, have kind of been my own agent actually never have had an agent, um, my whole career. But, um, I yeah, I say just, that I'm, I just I'm an attorney. It. My day job's an attorney, Kendall. So I, I can help you yeah. out on that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> well, I mean, I could be an agent. I could be a travel agent now. <laughs> I mean, there's all kinds of things that you uh, now, I mean, I'm definitely a secretary after COVID and the testing and all the deadlines. And I mean, we're a secretary before we're ever a professional golfer these days. So there's a lot of traits that you, uh, <laughs> you accumulate, um, in professional golf. So, yeah, I mean, it was, I was, unlike, you know, the next kid, like I'm going to turn pro. I I was, I was not that kid. I think I was, had a little bit of humility and just, you know, didn't want to be boastful and this is what I'm going to do. So. Well, that's awesome. That's you, you talked about being a proud sooner as, as I uh, am. And so is Till as well, but you know, let's talk about, yeah, absolutely. Have you ever not heard of a proud sooner? Absolutely. (laughs) You know, I, I I'm still an adjunct professor down there. So classes start next week. So I'm kind of pumped. So I'm excited about that. So, you know, Till and I get to go to Bandon Dunes this week and then I I start back to school, you know, teaching at OU the week after that. So it's going to be a a fourth. Yeah. Well, (laughs) maybe in a fifth, right? So, but uh, yeah, absolutely. (laughs) So we got four, but we can, we can probably squeeze okay. you in as well but uh <laughs> but let's talk about OU right so talk about your time there specifically and then you know any any connection to the program now you obviously coach V's come in uh program I think the girls team is going to be really really good I think they're going to be good this year as well but uh, talk to us about OU and uh in kind of your your past there but then also maybe your present as well yeah I was unique in the fact that um I mean, you just couldn't do this anymore in this day and age, but I never played, but in one AJGA tournament in my wow. entire uh, junior career, not that we didn't have the funds to do it. I just thought that that's absurd. Why would I ask my dad to spend this kind of money or travel? Even I never played outside the state of Oklahoma growing up. So um, you just simply can't do that anymore if you're going to get looked at. So I consider myself very lucky to even, uh, Carol Ludvigson was my coach. She was there for 25 years and is still there at OU in the athletic department. But, um, I remember playing with Lucy Nunn who grew up in Lawton, Oklahoma and, and we're the same age and was my best friend is still one of my best friends. And, um, she's like, I'm going to go to Arkansas. Do you want me to tell OU to look at you? I'm like, Please, <laughs> whatever you got to do. And I actually called Carol and I said, you know who I was and I'm 30 minutes up the road you don't know me, but, um, can I come down? So, I mean, I basically was the one and honestly, Kelvin Sampson, I, I love him dearly, but I, for one more reason is he called Carol on my behalf one day when we were playing golf and, um, kind of put in a good word for me. So I'm a Sampson fan for life. Took coach Sampson out and kicked his butt on the golf course and then he gave, he vouched for you, right? So. Yeah. He could have as many mulligans as he wanted. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not watching. Yeah, Drop it again. I didn't see it. Um, but so yeah, I was, I was lucky to go in on half scholarship and then earn my full, full ride sophomore through senior year. And, uh, I love my time at OU. I mean, we, we played all over the country. We went to Puerto Rico, to Hawaii, my parents, I think, lived their retirement, even though they're not retired. They, I think they went to every tournament but one. That was my very first tournament, so it was fun for them as well. And my teammates were my sisters. They're still like my sisters. I wasn't in a sorority, but, I mean, we are still thick as thieves, even though we don't really get to see each other. We really don't miss a beat. And um, I loved Carol, 
And uh, I would say that we probably underachieved as, as a team, um, you know, whether they were more into the studies. I mean, it was just a different, different time. Not everybody was wanting to turn pro. They were more interested in school and this, you know, whatnot. And a lot of us were Texans in Colorado and we didn't have too many internationals like they do now. The times have changed, but um, I don't regret a minute of, of being at OU. I just, I love my time and, and um, just the alumni. I'm proud to be from OU. And um, yeah, my, my, uh, so I moved back to Oklahoma city last April during COVID bought my first house while I'm basically unemployed, which was probably not the wisest decision, <laughs> but it was just nice to come back and be near family. I was, I was gone for 10 years. I lived in uh, Phoenix for five and a half and Tampa for four and a half, just kind of chasing sunshine and good airports and just, being around the right people because um, you know the weather in Oklahoma is a little hit and miss and uh, you don't really have that stiff a competition to you know go to the club every day and um, you know have a game so I don't regret my decision at all by doing that but it was just time to for this season life to just come on back home and um, so now my game is 8 a.m. at Jimmy Austin almost every day that I'm home with coach Lon Kruger and Dr. Brock Schnabel and Alex Brown and now they're all retired and uh, we play for about five, five or $10 every day. And it's a lot of fun. We set up really stiff games for me where I've got to make birdies, but we're done before 11 AM every day. So it's great when I'm home to, to have some good games and, and play fast. Well, I, it's very cool to hear that. And I, I, I knew you were obviously sooner through and through, but I didn't realize kind of a deeper connection to the, the different folks in the program, not just golf, um, but you mentioned yeah. Coach Sampson and, and then um, you know, all the guys uh, that, yeah, on the current or I guess recently, uh, recently retired folks that, that that's pretty cool. And that, that kind of goes to show you that uh, sooner kind of family uh, runs, runs pretty thick inside and out. I uh, do want to kind of turn our attention to your, um, your year on tour and maybe you will uh, kind of been a super season for everybody over the last 18 months, I guess. But, uh, talk a little bit about your current status on both tours. Um, yeah, I had um, down to mention a couple of really, you know, T20s, uh, top 20s in 2020, and then a really nice finish uh, relatively close to home at the uh, Volunteers of America uh, top 25 down there. So some uh, some decent form over the last 18 months. But talk about your current status on tour. Um, how do you build off some of those good results, and where do you feel like your game's at right now? Yeah, I mean, 2020, I, my my very first tournament of that year was the day I found out about COVID. It was January 20th, and I had a Monday down in Boca, and I had eight birdies to get into the tournament and go over to the tournament course and go in the locker room, and Angel Yen is there. She's American but from China and freaking out about something that was over in China that, you know, she'd spent her whole off season over there. And I said, girl, I don't know what word you're saying. I don't know what. Get away from me. It's not going to affect me. And little did I know, but, um, so it was a very good start to the 2020 season until it quickly was shut down. Right. So, um, did the whole move and enjoy family and taught a little bit. And then we had a restart. I don't remember the exact date, but I would say late July, we had two weeks in Toledo, Ohio at Inverness, which they're about to have the Solheim cup. And then our typical tournament, the marathon classic at Highland Meadows. And I had a, a top 20 and then a top 10, which I was supposed to be going to coach Kruger's coaches versus cancer in Vegas 
following my Toledo trip, but instead I had to go to Scotland for two weeks <laughs> playing the Scottish and the British. Yeah, that's awesome. He forgave me and I had to quickly go to <laughs> Dick's Sporting Goods and buy some winter gear instead of my Vegas, you know, 118 degree gear. So, um, it was great, but you know, we all knew that starting out that, um, 2020 was just going to be money in your pocket. And the only way that you could better your situation is to win. So didn't win, but I had, um, some nice tournaments. And I think after golf being taken away from us, I just wanted to play in anything and everything that I could once the opportunity came about. So, um, I I've, I've played on both Symmetra tour and LPG tour this year, just whenever my number is called um, waiting for the reshuffle to happen um, after that top 25 or 26 finish in Dallas earlier this, I guess, July. So just got back from a two week trip over in Ireland and Scotland. And, you know, it's been kind of a grind the last month, to be honest, um, hot and cold, just not finding consistent round after round after round. But I think uh, a little bit of exhaustion um, being on the road week after week um, is tough. And I've had a, some physical ailments for about a year of, of some feet problems that I'm, I'm playing and running shoes for the last year, year and a half. And, but I'm, I've always got foot problems. Dr. Schnabel knows that good and well. He's <laughs> put me in many a hard cast boots over my uh, golf career, but um excited i'm thrilled to be home for seven more nights it's it's like vacation for all of us when we can get out of our suitcase and can sleep in our own bed and drive our own car and cook in our own kitchen so no you, you mentioned you know last summer you know kind of getting to go over to the open championship obviously the women's open championship going on this week but let's reflect back to 2020 you know your experience over there what was that like what do you recall and uh, and, and did you have a good time so I have always dreamed of going to Scotland and in 2019 was my first year going over there for the Scottish open. Um, and then three weeks later, went right back over there. I work for, um, golf for Africa, Betsy King's charity. We raise money for clean water in Zambia. And so we took 60 donors over to watch the Solheim cup, the USA versus Europe. And I told Betsy, you need me to help host. So I got to be her roommate at the old course hotel and we played Kings Barnes so wherever, and it was just a blast. And so then accidentally qualify for the Scottish, um, and British, um, over there last year in 2020. And honestly, I just chalk it up. It was like being in jail for two weeks because they're rule followers over there, unlike Americans. And we were very much in a bubble situation, but we basically got yelled at by the RNA all day, every day, you know, they, they took great care of us, you know, we were, but we were in our hotel, we needed to stay in our room. And if we were down in the lobby, you know, having dinner at the hotel restaurant, I mean, we just got yelled at for two straight weeks. So oh, it was rough. It was really rough. Couldn't even walk a sidewalk in Edinburgh. It was just, you really couldn't. So, I mean, we lived at the golf course and then lived back at the hotel. So um, other than getting to play Troon and uh, the Scottish was at the Renaissance the last three years, I believe, and it's American-owned, American-made, probably, I'll say it's my least favorite Scottish golf course I've ever played. Interesting. So then they, um, yeah, but they've moved it over to uh, Dunbarney last week, which is a new golf course outside of St. Andrews, and then this week at Carnoustie, a.k.a. Carnasty. Yeah. So... <laughs> I, uh, I attempted to, um, after my Ireland tournament, we snuck over to Scotland to play in the Justin Rose, 
uh, mini tour one day event, which was also a qualifier one spot for the Scottish and finished fourth, made a few pennies, I guess. They're still trying to figure out how to pay me as an American. <laughs> but um, yeah, so uh, the girls have a, a great setup. This is, I mean, it's top, top, top golf course this week in the entire world. So I'm excited to watch it. Oh, that's, that's the next question that I had written down is to talk a little bit about what you're, uh, what you're hearing from uh, some of the ladies that are over there in terms of, you know, how Carnisti is going to, is going to play obviously the first time uh, that a women's major has been at Carnoustie and it's traditionally looked at um, on the, on the British open road as one of the toughest, if not the toughest golf course. Uh, is that what you're hearing from the ladies? How's it going to play this week? What can uh, kind of viewers over here kind of expect as as the ladies take on Carnasty? Well, when I was over there, I actually drove to Carnoustie um, with my caddy just to check things out, and they were already set and ready for them to arrive. I'll be honest, I, I've not been on social media today. Monday, they all arrived over. I mean, it was just a short little jot um, from St. Andrews to right. Carnoustie. But um, I have played it one time. I mean, it's it's a beast of a golf course, and I haven't seen the weather forecast. But um, it's just kind of fun when you get over there, and you just it's just so different. And you appreciate just the home of golf and that the game is played on the ground. However, Ryan O'Toole just won, and she's a Cali girl, and she hit. She likes. I mean, in the past, she likes to hit it into the stratosphere. So I I didn't get to watch um, too much of the Scottish, but I was thrilled when we turn on the phone during my tournament yesterday, uh, to see that she had won. Um, it was great to see. I mean, I think we're the same age and, and she's had, you know, a bunch of starts and for her to, to get the dub with a great Sunday score, it was very exciting. So, um, but you know, like I, after my Ireland tournament, I was always going to stay over an extra week for fun golf and play with my caddy who's from Dublin. And we played the world's top, top golf courses. And, um, you could truly hit, if you miss a green, 13 clubs in your bag, I mean, you're probably not going to bump a driver, but that's just, and then you come back to America and like I played in South Bend this weekend and I'm like, man, I could use any club right now. You just kind of get away from those 60 degree and 56 degree ideas. And it's just, I think that's why Jordan Spieth so plays so well over there is that you're just, you can be an artist over there instead of that American. Okay. Here's the fairway. I'm going to hit a high lofted shot into the green. I mean, it's just, everybody's got to go over there and, and experience it and forget about the score because it'll humble you in a minute. But yeah, a lot of, a lot of imagination, uh, is, uh, is kind of what I'm hearing you say that it's going to take. And, yeah. uh, I, we, we, I want to dive into your, your British Isles trip and impetus for the, the trip and the tournament and the course list and all those things. But before we leave the, the women's British, uh, based on, you know, what it takes to play well on a Lynx golf course and that creativity and shot making and, artistry, if you will, who are a couple folks that, that we should really look at, um, as favorites going into oh to this week? Well, make you play uh, you know, golf channel. Yeah, no, he's I asking this question for me. I, I Honestly, like to bet. Low key, yeah. Low key. It's, um, it's a, it's probably, I can't really name names to be honest. <laughs> no. We're going to get that integrity offline. Yeah. Training, integrity, integrity training, LPGA. Training. I'm not allowed to name names. That's fair. That's but fair. I will say, yeah, I, I could get in trouble for that. I mean, it's always a putting contest. I didn't get to see Ryan's, um, how she hit it, but, um, I mean, especially if the wind is up, it's just, who's going to get it up and down. But I remember I hit it great at Carnoustie, but I made nothing that from my memory, the greens were quite large. Um, and it depends on the wind direction to, you know, if it's going to be easier or harder for these girls, but, um, 
It's just who gets the ball in the hole faster. How about that? <laughs> it's always Love a putty. I mean, always we all hit the, it good. Always the winner. We all hit it straight. I mean, we're not like DeChambeau who hits it, you know, out of bounds. So, um, who has, yeah, who a good has the hot putting week is, uh, is normally the winner more times than not. Right now, I'm sorry. I like it. Well, 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 let's go back to that that recent trip, you know, across the pond, uh, as as we like to say. You know, you you listed off some of the courses that you played there, some of, some of the ones that you enjoyed. Renaissance, as you mentioned, maybe the one you you least enjoyed, but kind of give us the rundown. Where all did you play? Kind of what was the order and uh, which one was your favorite when it was all said and done? Yeah, so um, Niall Horan, the boy bander, um, One Direction, he – has his own golf agency and uh, actually randomly was at a hoopie match club with him in Vidalia, Georgia, two years ago, just (laughs) him and I and his manager and his cousin. And we, it was, it was a blast. We partied till the wee hours. Um, So I've kept in touch with him and he had talked about how he was going to have this tournament. And sure enough, um, it was supposed to happen in 2020, but with COVID it got canceled and moved to this year. So um, it was um, a joint European tour, ladies LPGA tour, and a ladies European tour event. So 288 players over okay. two golf courses up in Northern Ireland outside of Belfast. And they were Parkland golf courses. Um, I don't know the rhyme or reason why they chose those two golf courses, but I would easily just put those as my least favorite. They were not in good condition. They just... For your introduction to Ireland golf or Northern Ireland golf, eh, I'll, I'll never need to play there again unless, hey, we're grateful for a tournament. But sure. I'll be honest, it was not not what you would go over there to play. So, um, and didn't play well either. Um, but that, I mean, I'm, I'm a golf course brat and it was just not what I was expecting to travel over there for, for that kind of golf. But anywho, so... Um, Let's see. Gosh. So you're saying Saturday, boy bands have bad taste in golf courses. That's kind of, that's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Say that again. Boy bands have bad taste in golf courses. No, he doesn't. But I mean, 288 <laughs> I was say, if he was uh, in a hoopy, his, that, that, that speaks pretty well of him. He too. is a member there. Yeah, yeah. Him and Rory are members there. Yeah. Um, I am not a member there, but, <laughs> um, so yeah, I missed the cut and my caddy and I, we, we go and play port, Stewart to start, which the first nine holes are just immaculate. The back nine is a little forgetful, but it was, uh, you know, I brought a little moon bag from ping over there. So I, I carried my own clubs and, um, it was just, uh, immaculate. It's right there on the n- North coast of Ireland. And then we snuck down over kind of Northeast of Belfast and played Ardglass, which if you follow, uh, Matt Janella, who used to be on golf channel, um, he just, I mean, he just went on this crazy Irish trip and he basically kind of did what I did in a way. Um, but Ardglass is the oldest clubhouse in the world. And I would say it puts Pebble Beach's views to shame. Like wow. everywhere you look is just water. I mean, you don't even feel like you're living. It just looks like a dream. Um, loved it. A really fun golf course, but the greens were slower than shag carpet. So that kind of put a downer in it, but I'm sure if the conditions were a little bit better, um, would have really been up there, but it was probably, you know, halfway, I think we played eight or nine courses over there. So I would say, you know, that's right in the middle of my rankings. And then Monday we went to uh, Royal County down, which they claim is the world number one golf course. Nice. And, um, I would agree. It was, it was my favorite, um, if I could, if I could build a golf course, which in 
one of my dreams is to build one. My brother and I have a piece of land that's not for sale, but in our minds, we're going to buy it one day somewhere towards Tulsa, but just outside of Edmond off Route 66. That's what I would want to build something just like Royal County down, but we don't have the sea. But we could put some nice water features. Yeah, out I mean, there. Yeah, plenty of farm ponds yeah, between here and Stroud. You can imagine, you can right? imagine yeah. the yeah. ocean. You know? Yeah. So we're still working on the name, though. We're still working on the name, and we're working on the name of the teaching academy that he and I are going to have. He's going to be the money. I'm going to be the talent. That's that's another one of our things. <laughs> so um, it was it was absolutely amazing. They were very kind to us. And then Tuesday we went up and played um, uh, Port Rush, um, which is right next door to Port Stewart. Um, and, um, where Shane Lowry won. Okay. That was, uh, 20, um, 2019, 2019, 2019, 2019 British Open. Is, am I yeah. right? Okay. Yeah. It's spectacular as well. So it's, it's top three for me for what I played. And then we, uh, scooted back down to Dublin and we played, uh, Port Marnock, which was, um, another treat and a half. I mean, loved it. So it's, it's also a top, a top three for me. And then we snuck over to, to Scotland to try to uh, qualify for the Scottish and the qualifier was on Scott's Craig, which is just in between St. Andrews and Dundee. And it's the 13th oldest club in the world. Um, cute little course that uh, St. Andrews caddies all kind of belong to. It's, I mean, all the golf courses over there are insanely cheap to join compared to what we have right. in America. But um, yeah, so that was, I guess all that I played. Yeah. It was just, you know, it was a bunch of golf. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds great run there. Yeah. That sounds amazing. I didn't have this question down, but just uh, super quick. Uh, What's the biggest difference? I think Americans who are, I don't know, even even as a golf sicko, count myself among what I'm about to say, kind of lump Scotland and Ireland together. What what's the biggest difference, uh, if there is one, in Ireland golf and Scottish golf? Oh. Um, gosh. They're, I mean, they're similar and they're different. I don't even know how to, and everyone's like, well, what do you like better? And it's like, I, I can't rank them. I love them both equally. It's like, which child do you love better? I love them all the same, but different, you know? Um, you know, I, I haven't seen a ton of the coast of Ireland. I know that South and West and Southwest is just, unbelievable and that'll have to be you can't do unless you're crazy you know or else you're over there for weeks and weeks on end those are just separate trips but um god i don't even know how you i mean they're they're very similar they really are i mean you were over there that long it's like flying to dfw i mean it's a 40 minute flight from dublin to edinburgh and um yeah it's i don't really have an answer for that yeah, I, 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 I wasn't sure you, you kind of mentioned um, that Ardledge was Ardglass, excuse me, was you know kind of akin to Pebble Beach. I wasn't sure if just from kind of a natural setting standpoint that kind of Irish golf has a lot more of that, you know, more stunning coastline visually, where you know, maybe Scottish golf, um, you know, a little bit more of a you know. Yeah, it was kind of fun because we had um, that Sunday morning. We didn't play till four o'clock. I mean, the sun goes down at nine, ten o'clock at night, so we teed off at four thirty. And the only problem was when you tee off late. I mean, especially during COVID, but those kitchens shut down. They're not feeding you, period. Not even a, so. We we missed lunch and dinner that night. But um, my caddy, who's from um, 
Dublin, he had never gone from Belfast. So we kind of snuck up and saw Rory's club and we saw uh, Faraday's club, you know, Hollywood and Bangor golf club. And then we went along the coastline just east of Belfast all the way down to Ardglass. And I mean, it was just the most stunning drive and right. on a Sunday, just perfect weather and um, sheep and beach. And I would say there's, in my experience, I think that I prefer Irish towns they see, you know, like it might be a two pub town or a five pub town where, <laughs> you know, in Scotland, unless you've got Edinburgh or St. Andrews, which, you know, I dream to have an apartment in St. Andrews, there's some teeny tiny little towns otherwise where there might not even be a pub, you know? Um, so I kind of prefer the little Irish, Irish smaller towns, oh, but wow. I mean, Edinburgh is one of the most amazing cities I'll ever be in. And it's um and st andrews is just like an american town i mean i don't know the percentage of americans who are always over there but it's a large amount which is sometimes nice you never know who you're going to run into sure yeah i love i love uh town size being measured by how many pubs there are that's yeah that's something to think about keith Mm -hmm. yeah yeah i like that i like that (laughs) well i mean you were over there long enough did you start picking up on the accent right so you you're gonna you throw us a a good irish accent or scottish accent i can't i mean my caddy is amazing at accents i mean but he can go from Boston to Indian to, I mean, all in between, but it is interesting hearing. Um, and I had learned so much about the history of Northern Ireland versus the South and sure, just sure. hearing their different accents. And, um, of course they knew I wasn't from there pretty quick, but uh, <laughs> we, we from Oklahoma, we get that a lot. Don't yeah, we? So. <laughs> yeah. I'm a mutt, little Tennessee, little Oklahoma, but yeah, it was, um, I love my time over there, but also, you know, you appreciate when you come back home of air conditioning and ice and, um, just the little things in life that, that we take for granted. Sure. Sure. Well, you had mentioned earlier, some of the charitable, charitable work and, and the charity that you're, you're associated with this, this golf for Africa. Talk to us about that, how you got involved with that and, uh, and kind of all the good stuff that it does. Yeah. So I was living in Phoenix back when I got my card in 14 and was invited to play golf with Betsy King and she lives out in Scottsdale and I knew that she had this charity, didn't know too much about it, but kind of during our first round together, I said, you know, I'd love to go to Africa with you. I don't really know what it's all about, but however I can help, let me know. And so her foundation has, has been, um, has raised funds for different things over the years, but, um, it's always been towards African, um, needs. And so, um, in the last gosh, probably six or seven years, it's been about water. And, um, so I was able to go to Africa with her in the, it was actually when I lost my card, December of 2015. So it was like the worst day of my life, but little did I know what I was about to embark on. So I raised uh, $15,000 for a well, which gives a village of about 300 people water for the rest of their lives. And we're partnered with world vision. They're the leading NGO when it comes to water in the world. And I was able to see it drilled and we were able to visit other people's wells and just be in, you think you're in the middle of absolute nowhere because you are. (laughs) And um, it just really put things into perspective of how blessed we are, how we hit the jackpot by being born in America and how no matter what we're taken care of. And um, so it's really cool to see. And and the $15,000, I mean, I, I sent it to a bunch of OU friends and family and Okies and, and friends that I've made across, you know, the way, um, I think 20, 20 people responded and that was the $15,000. And so 
took hardly any effort on my end. So I went with Cheyenne Woods, Christy McPherson, and Amy Olson on that trip. And um, Cheyenne and I each did a well that year. And then when we came home, I said, the girls with the platform we have, let's do a mechanized system, which is a $50,000 system based off of solar panels or electricity, if they have it, where it would be piped and and taps would be led to more homes, more huts, uh, schools, clinics, a market type stuff. So we were able to do that in 2016. And so Golfer Africa asked if I would come on board with them, both the board and on the staff. We have a tiny staff, but just as a fundraiser. And so I've been doing that part-time ever since. And Amy Olson's also been a huge ambassador by wearing the hat and the bag. She's not on her staff, but the girl fundraises like no other. And by her great play also helps. So I was able to go back again in 2018. And this time it was with a bunch of 70 and um, (laughs) 80-year-olds. And I thought, oh, gosh, like this is not like you're driving down I-35. I mean, it's some long days and some rough roads. And it was just amazing to see their experience for their first time, you know, by being the the audience and um, you just fall in love with the people over there and you fall in love with our mission. And um, so we host LPGA pro-ams throughout the year, throughout the country is kind of our main fundraiser. And with COVID it's been a very dry season, even though we have faithful donors, the in-person stuff has not, uh, happened for us since January of 2020. So we are having four events in the fourth quarter this year, both in, uh, let's see, October 4th is at Blind Brook Club in Rye, New York, which used to be a men only CEO only club. And now they're celebrating that they would like females at the club. So we'll have about 20 LPGA pros and foursomes, um, for that event. And then November 22nd, we're at Old Marsh Golf Club in West Palm Beach, which is kind of our third home, even though we're home base is Scottsdale, Arizona. We have a large donor base in, on that east coast of Florida. So that'll be the day after the LPJ season ends. Um, it's the Monday of Thanksgiving, and we're nearly sold out of on both of those events, which is just great. And so kind of another role, I get to handpick the LPGA pros. I know who's a good personality, a good bio, and, and loves Betsy and loves our mission. And then we'll end uh, the year December 5th and 6th in Scottsdale. We're kind of doing a big shebang of a dinner the night before and a two-location deal on December 6th at Pinnacle Peak Country Club and then also at Desert Mountain, the new Park 3 called 7 for our Desert Mountain members so and donors. So um, it's a lot of balls in the air while I'm trying to also play golf during the day. But yeah. Yeah. Um, it gives me fulfillment and things to do at night, too. So That's awesome. Well, well sign us up. So we would love to contribute uh, in some way, shape, or form. You throw the YSO podcast on there as well next time you're, uh, you're passing the hat around. Appreciate that very much. It's, our website is golf4fore, golf4africa.org. We're on social media. We have a website. And, um, yeah, we've got some high-end, great LPGA uh, pro-am. So on, on great golf courses too. Yeah. sounds like it's gonna be a, be a busy fourth quarter. Uh, yeah. for sure. Uh, well just, I do follow you on social media. And so I got to ask you a chance run in with, uh, former vice president Pence. How was that just completely random? What was the story about getting to meet the former vice president? Yeah, it was kind of a weird day yesterday. I mean, I've just been counting down the days before I can go home. I mean, home is a vacation and, um, and even being a new homeowner, I feel like there's always things that need to be taken care of. So I was 
I had a horrible last hour of golf yesterday. I think just basic exhaustion and off I go from South Bend back to O'Hare and didn't really know what I was going to do at about four hours. What do I do? Like there's a White Sox Yankees game. I could go to the last half of the game, but my whole life is in my rental car and you don't do that outside the White Sox stadium. So <laughs> thankfully I just kept cruising towards O'Hare and thought, well, I'll just have a really nice long dinner and some drinks at the airport. So thankfully it was traffic was horrible and just leisurely got there and go to the macaroni grill. I knew that's where I was heading near the OKC gate. And I see some um, <laughs> security guards taking their picture with someone and I'm like, well, that looks like my Grandy. Oh, because my I always thought Mike Pence looked like my uh, deceased grandfather. And so there he was with his wife. And so I took a picture from afar, and then a few more were kind of, and he was just so patient and kind. And I thought, well, I'm going to kind of sneak in there real quick. Why not? I remember seeing Julie Andrews at the OKC airport back in college, and I never got my picture with Mary Poppins, and I regretted it. <laughs> so I went for it yesterday, and... Um, he was super kind. And I, I said, do you smile under your mask too? <laughs> and then off I went to have a few martinis. So <laughs> it was go. great. I've never met a vice president before. I was kind of exciting. Yeah, oh, that's, awesome. Get to. that's awesome. Well, Kendall, yeah. again, we, we are so grateful for the time that you've shared with us. And I think we told you about 30, 45 minutes. So obviously you're, you're back home. You got stuff to do, right? You were talking about, uh, whipping up some dinner here, uh, uh this afternoon as well. But you know, want to throw some plugs out there for you, right? You, you'd obviously mentioned golf4africa.com, right? And that's F-O-R-E, but uh, yeah, or .org, excuse me. Um, but, uh, you know, throw it out there, Twitter, Instagram, anything else you want to plug for us here on the pod? Yeah, that's it. Golf for Africa. Um, you can easily find me, but I'm not that exciting. So golf for Africa <laughs> would be great. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Well, well, Kendall, we look forward to catching up with you again. Maybe the next stint that you're going to be in Oklahoma City, we can bring you here in studio, right? Have a couple pops and to have you in studio on the next go around. That'd be great. That'd be great. Thank you very much for having me. Boomer Sooner. Awesome. Boomer awesome. Sooner. Take care, Kendall. Well, there you have it, our interview with Kendall Dye. Again, so much fun uh, talking with Kendall. Again, Oklahoma girl, right? It, it just came through and through, so a very real person, very genuine, and uh, hopefully that came through in the interview as well. So obviously we got to talk to her a few minutes before we started recording the pod and then a few minutes after as well, and she's an absolute hoot. So can't wait to have her in studio uh, once uh, she gets another stint here in Oklahoma City. Have her over, have her a couple cold pops, and I'm sure she's got all kinds of great stories from her time out on tour and kind of going all around the world, right, as she kind of mentioned as well. So very cool stuff there. So, well, ladies and gentlemen, that will wrap it up for this podcast. Again, Till and I, somewhere lost in Bandon, Oregon right now. So hopefully uh, we, we will come back. So Till's been making jokes that he may just stay out there, right? So he's just going to become a caddy there at Bandon and he may not come back. We'll have to do the podcast remotely. I'm not sure how Sarah will feel about that, but uh, I'm sure that uh, we'll come to a compromise in some way, shape, or form on that. If I can't convince J. Till to come back to Oklahoma City with us, um, big joke there, so obviously. But uh, again, looking forward to that trip and uh, obviously looking forward to the post-Bandon recap next week as well. So plugs, right? Let's throw them out there. Obviously, YSO Golf, at YSO Golf on Twitter, at Jonathan W. Till on Instagram. J. Till, uh, much, much better with the visual medium than I am. So he'll be posting a lot of pictures from our abandoned trip out there. So get out there and follow him. Obviously, get out there and follow him on Twitter as well, at YSO Golf. And from the podcast standpoint, get out there and subscribe, ladies and gentlemen. Like it. Give us a five-star review. Kind of helps with the uh, uh, moving up the uh, the charts, if you will. So we would certainly appreciate that. If you listen, if you like it, 
give us a thumbs up, right? Get on there and give us a five-star rating wherever you consume your podcast. And then for Fantasy Sports Pros and the Sports Pros Network, obviously you can check us out on the web at fantasysportspros.com. And then I'm sure I'll be super active on Twitter this week as well with Abandoned Trip at Sports Pros um, there. And remember, that is pros with an E, ladies and gentlemen, P-R-O-S-E. I think that will do it for this podcast, ladies and gentlemen. Again, hope you enjoyed our interview with Kendall Dye. And in the meantime, while Jay Till and I are out in Bandon, get out there and enjoy the walk. (laughs) 